Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Journal and the Sun ran a our annual Oilers You Be the Boss reader survey. And we had a lot of response, uh, Natty. Uh, we had 9,250 people take that survey. I credit, you know, a good job on the social media side and letting people know we had the survey. Um, you know, everybody pitched in and went on Twitter and told the people and we had that kind of response, really good response. And I will say that I think is 94% accurate because we have the section where you say, okay, keep him or fire him. Very basic, you know, you can't get nuanced. Would you keep this guy? Or would you get rid of this guy? But Connor McDavid had a 94% keep him. So the 6% who said get rid of him, you guys are crazy. Or you're trying to spoil the poll so you can throw away 6%. They're from Toronto. They're from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No doubt Tim and Sid or you name your, I don't even know, radio always leaves lunch. Whoever was telling, you know, oh, Connor wants out or whatever. Anyway, so 9,250 people took that poll. 14%, and the very first question on the poll was, who should be the Oilers' next GM? 14% said Keith Gretzky. They chucked off Keith Gretzky as one of the options. The other options being Kelly McCrimmon, Pat Verbeek, Bill Guerin, um, Undecided, and other. And, you know, we didn't put Mark Hunter and... uh Steve Eiserman in there because, you know, Mark Hunter is with Hockey Canada, got a job. Steve Eiserman is, you know, I guess conventional wisdom suggests there's no way he's coming here. He's waiting for the Detroit job to open up if Ken Holland uh, leaves. Um, but they got, you know, a fair number of write-in votes. You know, I don't know what the percentage is. Ken Holland get any write-in votes? He did. Not okay. as many as Eiserman or Mark oh, okay. Hunter. Okay. But he did get a few. About the same... Uh, as Glenn Sather got, I would say. You know what the thing with those polls is, though? I think they're heavily skewered to younger, the younger fan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They don't want to hear anything about older people coming in here. They want younger, fresher faces. So anybody outside of an Iserman, Ken Holland would be too old for a lot of these people. Like, what's he done lately? He's only won four cups, but I see where you're coming from. And in Gretzky's case... Uh, good, 14%. You know, Kelly McCrimmon maybe got more because he, he's in Vegas, and Vegas was a story last year. He had 29%. 29. Um, 
there's lots of good assistant general managers out there. I, I would not about to slag any of them. They do work hard. They do a good job. So I wrote in the paper that I just think it should should be Keith Gretzky because he knows the organization better than anybody. He's not going to need time to come in and assess, you know, I need a year to look at the roster. They can't be spending a year looking at the roster now. Yeah. They need to be making these these hard decisions right now. And uh, and Keith knows the prospects, whether they're A prospects, B or C, which ones he would, he would trade. And more to the point, which Oilers he would trade. And I think he's not in love with any of the players except 29 and 97. And uh, anybody else he would take the phone calls on to get better. Yeah, and I, you know, I bring up the, uh, the poll and the general manager's question off the top here because, you know, your column, as you're talking about here, um, in today's papers, uh, you say Keith Gretzky should be the next general manager. They should stay in house, stick with Keith Gretzky for the reasons you're spelling out right now. Um, but of course that goes against 86% of the armchair GMs out there on Twitter or, you know, wherever they're coming from to take our poll, at least. I mean, the reaction to your, uh, your column today on, I'll call it Oilers Twitter, was, you know, fair to say unfavorable. People don't, agree, a lot of people don't agree with your take. That's fine. They don't agree with much things. No, they Many don't. things that I, I tweet, I still have followers. If they don't agree with me, I don't know why they just drop me, but they still want to want to disagree. And that's, that's fine. That's, they're entitled. I just, I have a hard time believing a, a true person who theoretically knows some about hockey would be so um, narrow-minded that he would toss Keith Gretzky aside just because his last name is Gretzky. Yeah. And that's that's the reason why I would say most people are against it because he is Wayne Gretzky's brother. He he is with the current organization for, well, he was brought in under Shirelli, so for the last four years or so. Obviously, a lot of people think the orders need to hit the reset button and start over. They hit the reset button with Peter Shirelli. Mm-hmm. They brought in somebody from another team who had been a general manager, actually. So I think the hockey fan seem, gets entranced by uh, names somewhere else. Oh, this guy would be a good guy. To be brutally honest, the only name that's out there that a fan should say, oh, I wish, I hope we could get Steve Eiserman. Well, they're not getting Steve Eiserman. Anybody else is a possibility, but whether they're any better than the guy you got in your own organization is, you know, debatable. Let's put it that way. And I think it happens in a lot of, a lot of businesses uh, where there's an assistant for years and years and years, the, the head person leaves and they go out and hire somebody from another city or if there's a university president leaves, they go and hire somebody from another university instead of the person who's already been at the university. So it happens often and it's, it's, I'm sure it's very demoralizing for the person who has been, you know, an assistant general manager with a team and they hire somebody else who basically is doing the same job he is. And how do they decide that that person somewhere else is better than him? Why? Why is... Bill Guerin, who I loved as a player and I like to this day and has done a good job with Jimmy Rutherford in Pittsburgh, but why is he better than Keith Gretzky? Because Pittsburgh wins. Because Pittsburgh wins. But so did 
Pittsburgh won, Jason Botterill was the assistant general manager along with Bill Garrett in Pittsburgh. He's gone to Buffalo and does it, have they exactly turned it around? Nope. You know, so they leaned on a guy who, from a winning organization. In Kelly McCrimmon's case, he has been a general manager in junior hockey and an owner and a coach. So he's pretty much covered all the bases and he did have a, you know, a, a large hand in building the, the Seattle franchise. Um, but if they're looking for a fresh face, Kelly's 58 years old. He's not 45, he's 58. Yeah. So, um, and maybe Kelly would rather go to Seattle and build his own team in Seattle. So, or maybe like we said last week, maybe Vegas wants to keep him there. Well, maybe, maybe he wants, wants to stay yeah, there. Maybe he wants know. to stay there. So I, all I know is in an interview process that Bob Nicholson is going to find out what he's looking for is somebody to tell him something about his hockey team from the outside. I don't know if it'll be anything different than what Keith Gretzky has told him from the inside. And some people interview better than others, you know, and that's often why you get the job. Why did Dallas Aikens get the job in Edmonton as the coach? He interviewed well with with Craig McTavish. He was looking for an, you know, an associate coach with Ralph Kruger, you know, and uh, instead let Ralph go and brought Dallas in. So um, it's a tricky proposition. I just think it's easier to stick with the, you know, the person who knows your organization best. And has probably told Bob Nicholson everything he wants to know and uh, everything he's going to hear from somewhere else. The thing about knowing your organization best is that you've been in the organization for, in Keith Gretzky's case, about four years now. I mean, Shirley was hired four years ago and Gretzky followed soon after. But you're talking about a team that's, as we all know, hasn't made the playoffs 12 of the last 13 years. They've made it once in the last four. Um, you know, the Oilers finished seventh last in the NHL this year with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on the team. Um, you know, and Gretzky is a part of Peter Shirelli's management regime, whether he was how involved he is in some of the pro moves, you know, trades, and you can't really, <laughs> goes without saying that Shirelli's trading record with the Oilers was, you know, I can't say that was much of a success. Might have had his uh, doubles and singles and maybe triples, but he certainly whiffed on his fair share, especially at the end, never mind the Taylor Hall trades or whatever you want to talk about. So how involved Keith Krutsky was on that side, I don't know. I mean, he's, he built his acumen on the amateur scouting side. And now the Oilers have some players in the AHL who maybe someday will be uh, NHL players. Not first-liners necessarily, but I guess we'll see. So considering that part, I mean, you're just going back to what if the, Keith Gretzky's a known commodity to the current people, Bob Nicholson, making decisions on who should come in. Um, you know, so and and another part of this is we just had the press conference with Bob Nicholson and Keith Gretzky a couple of days ago. You know, we we're recording this on Wednesday, April the 10th, and. You know, Bob Nicholson said whoever's the GM can come in and make pretty much carte blanche changes that he wants, which is fine. I mean, I would assume, you know, you've got to change out your pro scouting, some of your pro scouts. Um, There's always going to be changes when a new guy comes in. And obviously there's the head coach part of things too and the coaching staff 
that has to get figured out. But that's, I don't know. I mean, if you're expecting things to to radically change and given Keith Gretzky's track record as the AGM for the Oilers, never mind whatever he did before with Boston and, and, and before that Arizona. I know he's been around the game for a long time. He's been what? Is I it know 2001? he's guilty. What you're basically saying, he's guilty by association. Well, I guess so. And that's, yeah. and that's and, why and, people and, are and, unhappy and with I your can team. See that. And he didn't throw the general manager under the bus at the press conference by saying, you know, you know, I, I was, you know, could have said I was away half of last year scouting amateurs when Peter was making these trades. They have nothing to do with them. Sure. I'm, I was been, I've basically been looking after the amateur side more than the pro side. This is P- on Peter. He could have said Peter operated in a vacuum in, in quite a few cases and didn't, didn't consult other people or didn't listen to other people. He could have said, but he didn't do that. So I think that shows a fair bit of character. He wasn't self-serving and said, look, this isn't on me. And it's true. You know, you're guilty by association because you work for the other guy. And, uh, this is what I'm sure Bob Nicholson is weighing too. Well, you know, he's already, he worked for this guy who wasn't successful, so why should I give him the job? Um, you know, it's, you know, it's it's just slippery slope. I'm sure Bob will find out when he narrows the field from, you know, I think somewhere between 8 and 12 to 4, um, who he likes. And I, you know, um, whether he wants a veteran guy or, you know, somebody who's worked for a, a winning organization. You know, if I was to, to bet the top three candidates would be Verbeek, who's working for Tampa, you know, Kelly, who's working for Vegas, and Garen, who's working for Pittsburgh. Those would be my three, you know, from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody else might might hit a home run. The problem with couple of those is they don't know the orders that well. They wor- Two of them work for teams that are in the East, Tampa, Verbeek, and Garen, Pittsburgh. Now, Kelly McCrimmon works in the same division as the orders, so he sees the orders. He's more, way more familiar with the orders. Um, the other two guys, I don't know how much they know the orders outside of Connor McDavid, beyond Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Mm. But... Is that a bad thing? (laughs) Uh, No, it's not a bad thing. But if you're talking about prospects and such, it it could be. You you don't know the prospect pool. Right. So I assume that, you know, if, let's say, the orders go with somebody who isn't Keith Gretzky, Keith Gretzky could move on. You know, if he's not considered for the GM job, he would, what are the chances he'd stay with the orders and continue in his current role? Who knows? He would stay if he... If he could like the guy they hired, probably. Let's face it. They need Keith Gretzky to run their amateur scouting. It's improved the last few years because Keith Gretzky's here. They can't let him go and then bring somebody else in. I think he's he's built up the prospect pool and knows what he's doing. So you know, I guess that's another thing. You risk losing a guy who's good at the amateur scouting part of it, and that's how you build hockey teams now if you bring in another general manager. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the, and the thoughts out there, and we talked about this last week and the week, week before. This has been around for a little while. Um, but, you know, whether or not, you know, the confidence, and this is coming from the armchair GMs, the fans, 
you know, Bob Nicholson doesn't get a very, he has a 19% approval rating through our poll. 81% think he should be let go. He shouldn't be the guy. I presume in that this job. poll, everybody should be let go except Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, right? Leon Dreisettle had 95%. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty negative. I know. They're so down on the orders. Everybody's, everybody's terrible. Everybody's down. bad. I know. And uh, it, which, you know, when you miss the playoffs 12 or 13 years, um, you can't exactly be uh, dancing in the streets. But uh, not everybody's bad on the orders. They just don't have enough good players. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of a way to work in Jim Living into this conversation because. Brad. Did I say Jim Trilliving? I do that dad. all the that's time. That's his dad. The Brad Boston, Trilliving. The Jim Trilliving. Boston Pizza founder. The Dragon's Den alum. Yes. Jim Trilliving. I'll just call him Trilliving. Yes. We all know who I'm talking about. Brad Trilliving. I was going to say Jay Trilliving. Is that his brother? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Brad. They just call him Tree, actually, what they tree. call him. In, Trey? In, in, tree? Tree. They call him Tree. In, okay. In, well, in Mr. Trilliving was hired five years ago by the Flames. Um after they fired Jay Feaster, you know, Brian Burke was brought in to be their president of hockey ops uh, in the September before, so in 2013, and then five years ago this month, Brad Living, not Jim, was hired by the Flames to be their GM. And, you know, the Flames this year are one of the biggest stories in the NHL, if not on a team level, the biggest surprise. Hired Bill Peters to be the coach who, you know, had coached the Carolina Hurricanes before and obviously they made a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes that you know was a big one O'Hannafin and uh what's his name the guy who hasn't scored in the last 12, 30 games Lindholm, who was really good the first half yeah kind of like Line kind of like Patrick Line anyway you know that those two moves there were you know big parts of the Flames resurgence and obviously there's a lot of other things that went well for them anyway but so Jim Jim Brad for living is I imagine the toast of the NHL GM circles because of the success. But, you know, heading into this season, the Flames didn't make the playoffs last year. And I would argue, and they fired their coach, Glenn Gullitson. And uh, I would have to say if the Flames aren't rebounding the way they did, I would almost say Brad, would his job would have been in jeopardy too. Probably. And, and you wonder whether this is a, an outlier season like the Oilers' 103-point season sure. and a couple years ago. Make, the Flames did make the playoffs two years yep, ago, too. Yeah, but they didn't last very long. No, they were swapped. Yeah. So I think they got a pretty good team. They've drafted very well. Got a great captain. Average goaltending. But Brad has done a very good job. And he was the assistant to Don Maloney in, in Arizona for quite some time. Uh, and he ran, actually, at the trade deadline one year because Don... Uh, had personal uh, reasons for leaving he had a family issue, and he let be told Brad, "Okay, here you go, you run the trade," <laughs> and he did fine. I think Brad was scared to death, but he did a f- fine job. So, um, yeah, he's, he is the an assistant general manager who went to another team and and has proven to be quite good at what he does, as Ray Shiro is in in New Jersey. Certainly, winning the lottery is good at it. And uh, he's built a pretty good team too. So in Pittsburgh before going to Jersey. So yeah, it, it does work, but it's a flyer. I, like as I wrote, hiring an assistant general manager from another organization is like gambling on a backup goalie and thinking he can be a starter on your team. You know, it's a roll of the dice. Not every, not v- very few backup goalies can be starting goalies. 
and and lots of assistant general managers look good elsewhere but aren't and that could be conversely you know it could be the same thing with keith here in edmonton he's been an assistant he may know the organization but if he's running his own store maybe he's not as good as what he's doing so you know it's a roll of the dice gms cut to come from somewhere you know sam pollock or glenn sather you name your legendary general manager of the past they all have to start somewhere they usually have a, a. They're usually fairly grounded in the amateur side of things to get hired, or, or they worked with a legend like Ray Sherwood, worked David Boyle. You know, Jim Benning was also in the amateur side of things in Boston before he went to Vancouver. So, as Keith, Keith it was. So, um, yeah, there's, there's. I wouldn't want to be in the interview process i'd like to hear what the other the candidates had to say about the owners i i suspect they would be as negative as the as, reader, as the poll you just had in the poll uh outside of the, the second leading scorer in the league and the fourth leading scorer in the league um but um it's a lot going to be a long process and it's that's the problem when you when you have a long process by the time you get around to hiring them the draft won't be very far away so they're kind of behind the eight ball there. What I found interesting about just doing, you know, thinking back to five years ago and reading up on around the time when the Flames hired Drew Living, you know, Brian Burke hired him, was he was the only guy the Flames hired, uh, interviewed for that job. They fired Jay Feaster in December that season, so December 2013. Four months later, they unveil Drew Living as the new GM after the season's over. The Flames missed the playoffs. Um, so I found that interesting. Not to say that's the only way to do things. I mean, obviously they're, you know, clearly they had their eye on Treliving. And the thing about Treliving with the Coyotes, and I believe he had been with the organization for not quite six seasons, because before Treliving, and it doesn't matter, everybody's got a background. I mean, Treliving ran the Central Hockey League, the minor league for years, and plus the uh, Western Professional League, the one then in Texas in the late 90s. And I believe Jim helped finance that. They owned all the teams or whatever, or had a hand in them all. Anyway, but I, you know, he, but with the Coyotes, it was an interesting situation because the Coyotes were a low budget team. They went into bankruptcy while Trill Living was there. Um, can't remember the owner's name. They've had so many. How can you keep I know. Who was the guy who went bankrupt? I wrote it down here too. But anyway, the league took it over. They had to take it over, but they didn't have much of a budget. So, you know, and going back and reading some stories, I think I read Eric DeHatchik's story, uh, among others. But, uh, you know, he had a hand in a lot of different things. It's kind of like working in a small store. You have to do a lot of different things. You know, do his uh, – I, I imagine you learn a lot on the amateur and pro side. I think contracts. They, they, teams that hire uh, assistant general managers often want the assistant general manager to have run the minor league team. That's his chore. So he's actually running a team. It's in the minors, but that's his team. He's in charge of getting players there. He's in charge of the prospects and stuff like that. That's what they often like, you know, and I think Treleving was running their minor league team. You know, and I wanted to somehow bring up, you know, the Oilers executive side, the guys who are, you know, on the on the payroll for the Oilers, you know, like Kevin Lowen and Kevin Tavish and whatnot. And we all know what their backgrounds are. But, you know, Scott House and he ran the Oilers farm team at one time before getting elevated to the pro team and then becoming the GM in Columbus. 
Um, he's been around the orders for a long time. Ever since Columbus let him go a few seasons ago, he's been back here. But that's a reason why he's kept around, isn't it? Well, His experience. It, it's experience, yeah. And a lot of people don't like Scott, thinking he's part of the old boys club too, along with Kevin and and Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, older, older people. They all have been general managers, though. They all have actually sat in the seat yeah. and realized it's a lot harder than it, it appears. And uh, I know Scott did a pretty good job in Columbus. He, you know, he had to trade Rick Nash. That was very difficult. Got some pretty good players back. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Your general managers have got to come from somewhere. And uh, there's lots of good ones out there. But whether they're capable of running it, their own team is is not not a slam dunk. Because if you've... The new guy's going to come in and he's going to look at the same thing that that Keith would be looking at. There doesn't seem to be many players here, NHL players. So they need more of them and quickly. Yeah, and that would play into Keith Gretzky knows very well what the owners have. What they have and who should be traded. Like he, he, There's no love affair with Keith and any of these players. You know, if he decides... If he's decided, look, I have to trade Jesse Pugliarvi, say, okay? And all these people are saying, well, just give him a chance, give him a chance. And he's looked at it and says, you know what? I'm a scout. No, I was a scout. No, I went, went going to trade him. Um, maybe he looks at Adam Larson's poor year last year and he wonders, is this a start of something or was that just an outlier? And he looks and says, you know, we've got lots of defensemen coming. I love the way he plays, but we got lots of young defensemen. Maybe I, I should trade Adam Larson for a forward, whatever. And I'm sure Keith's looking at it and says, that eighth pick in the draft isn't the first or second pick. Maybe I trade that pick. Maybe I trade the number eight and Pugliarvi to Winnipeg for Nicholas Nikolai Ehlers, knowing Winnipeg's in worse cap situation than the owners are because they have to sign Line A and Connor and Truba. And so he he gives up a prospect and the number eight for a real player. So you know it's they're all they're all situations that he's in charge with now until the new guy is hired, whether that's him or somebody else. Um, he says the, Bob Nicholson says he's got carte blanche to do whatever he wants to do as the interim. So. Which I, you know, it's funny. You got carte blanche to do whatever you want as the interim, but I think there's maybe a better guy out there, which kind of is silly. You're giving the guy the keys to the the car in the garage for now, but are saying, you know, maybe we'll get a better car. So you're not going to have those keys. But for now, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, he has enough faith in Keith over the next month to do whatever he wants to do, but he might decide that he's not the man that he wants. Is it a case of better the devil you know than the one you don't? I think it is. Yep. With assistant general managers? Yep. Because, you know, the Minnesota Wild, I don't know what they had in-house, but they clearly went outside yep. to get Paul Fenton. I can't rewind my brain back in time to know what the Pittsburgh Penguins situation was when they brought in Ray Shiro. Yeah, I can't remember who the general manager was then. 
where they they, let they, they feel go, they need to they go let outside. Ray go and brought in Jimmy Rutherford. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. There's, I think it's it's harder finding a general manager. They have to run the whole the whole kit. You have to be really sure about the general manager. You can sort of be sure about the coach. A lot of them have a track record. And you want that coach, or it's the rising star, and you think he's going to be a. But coaches' shelf lives in the NHL are not that long. General managers, you're hiring them for five years. You have to be pretty sure he's your guy. relatively quickly because quite frankly when you've got the eighth overall pick you know there's a few players you could probably target around that point when you're at the Edmonton Oilers they dropped from seventh to eighth after the New Jersey Devils won the draft lottery and the Rangers moved up to number two from number six um the big winners in the draft lottery on Tuesday but you know what did the Oilers do with this pick Maddie they they could draft somebody sure but should they be packaging it and trying to trade well, any player they take, if they take a player who's playing for the U.S. development team, those kids usually have scholarships to go to U.S. colleges already. They're playing, they're 18 or 17. They got a scholarship to Denver or Boston College or Boston U or Michigan or something like that in their back pocket. So those, those players are going to, you're not going to get those players till they're 21, 22 years old. So they're picking a player who will get good coaching in college and will be playing against older people perhaps, but they're not getting them for four more years, three to four more years. If you draft a, a Western League player, maybe you got one more year of junior, then he's one year a pro on your team and maybe he's on your team in shorter period of time. So uh, I don't know which way the orders are going to go. I think they like Kirby Doc from, from Fort Saskatchewan who plays for the Saskatoon Blades, but he's playing awfully well in the playoffs. I don't think he'll still be there at eight. Yeah, he could be a top five pick. Yeah, and Dylan Cousins from Lethbridge um, lives in Whitehorse, I believe. Uh, I, he won't be there either. Those are the, their two Western leaguers that they, they really like. And the needs, I mean, you know, I know Doc's a center. I mean, their needs are on the wing right now, but yeah, Doc played wing at, at Helenka Gretzky though, because he had so many centers. It was fine. He's more of a playmaker than a shooter, which doesn't which goes against the grain if you want to put him on the wing. But he's a big kid, could skate. So Alfie Turcotte, you know, Montreal's first round pick in '83. His son Alex is in the ballpark for the Oilers at eight, and, and Alfie played for the Oilers farm team. Back when the Nova Scotia Oilers in 1986-87, Kelly Bookberger and Daryl Ray were on that team. So there is there is some familiarity with the Oilers organization, uh, but he's a, a center. You know, he, he'd be going to college too. So that's you know, it, it, when you're picking where the Oilers are picking, there's probably half a dozen names in there, and and I don't I would I don't begin to know who Keith would take. I think the wild card is a Russian who was, may have been the best player in Halenka named 
Pud Colson, hard player, likes the puck, does stuff with it. He's a winger, but he's Russian, and he's playing in Russia. He's not playing in the Ontario League. He's in Russia. So you don't know when you're getting him, and you don't know if you bring him over and he's not right away on your NHL team, whether he says, I want to go back to Russia, which is always the, the, the problem for scouting Russian players. Is the number eight pick, is that, is that valuable on, on the trade front this year? I mean, is it, how deep is this draft It's valuable to, be? to a team that has no first-round draft pick. Hmm. Or a team that maybe is trying to shed some salary, perhaps? Or, or maybe, but uh, Winnipeg doesn't have their first-round draft pick. I, don't, I think they gave it to the Rangers for Kevin Hayes. So they don't have their first-round pick. I could be wrong, but I don't think they do. There are, there are a few teams that don't have a first-round pick, would like one. And, you know, eighth pick is better than 15, better than 23. It's still in the top 10. So I'm sure teams that don't have a first-round pick will be knocking on the owner's door saying, well, you know, do you want to trade this pick? I'm sure the owners, if they really love a player, you know, at four or five, maybe they'll be talking to that team too, says, what can we do to move down to to get Cousins or Doc, you know, if, I, if they want a, a kid. Did Keith Gretzky suggest that might be something they'd look at doing? I can't remember. No, I, he didn't suggest. But they always say, we're, they, their standard quote is, we're open to anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So any, I, assume, I assume Keith's any, still running quote, the thing. Anything to improve the team. That's, yeah. that's what they always say. So we'll see. The NHL playoffs start today. And I don't know. What do you like going in? I mean, I think Tampa is the consensus finalist out of the East, and the West is a, a little more wide open. I mean, you got teams like Vegas and San Jose just not playing well down the stretch. Flames did play well down the stretch. Um, what do you? What's your crystal ball telling you? Well, Tampa's got the best team. Often, the President's Trophy winner doesn't win the Stanley Cup, though. Mm-hmm. I would say the majority of time. They had 63 wins, though? 62 wins. Now, they're going to end up playing the Stanley Cup champs, Washington, I would suspect, sometime maybe in the Eastern final. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. You know, the champs don't like to give up their crown. But Tampa, by far, has got the deepest team, best goalie, best defense, and the guy who led the league in scoring. So there's not many holes there. And Stamkos as well. Uh, in the West, I have no idea. It's it, it's the same trying to pick a, a team that's going to come out of the West as, as the Stanley Cup finalist is trying to figure out who's going to make the playoffs in a weak conference. You know, and as it turned out, it was, you know, it was Dallas and Colorado getting the wild cards. I'd like to say, I'd like to say Calgary. A repeat of the 04 yeah, final? Yeah, 04 final and maybe getting their, their revenge for the the Marty's yelling a goal that should have been a goal. It wasn't called a goal in game six. Um, but, you know, that's just because I'm a Canadian. I like to see a Canadian team in the final, you know, so they don't. That that stretch from 93 to there's no Canadian team winning ends. You think the Flames are the best batch for that? Outside of Winnipeg, well, Winnipeg uh, Winnipeg too. is really struggling. Winnipeg is mm-hmm. not playing very well unless they – there's, there's some switch that's magic to certainly put, play better. They don't look very good right now. I don't think the Leafs are can't be favored against the Bruins. No, 
Well, like who knows? Who they can knows? Beat the, but I just don't think. I don't think they got a good enough team defense to to, to win the win the East. Is there a first round series that you think is the most? What's the most interesting first round series to you? Uh, probably Vegas and and San Jose. It's on the latest. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in the East is going to watch. It's going to see Vegas and San Jose, two v- very even teams, and they don't like each other much. I I think. Uh, I I always enjoy watching Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Pittsburgh and the Islanders might be fun. You know, to see if Pittsburgh can somehow will their way past the first round. Oh, and see if the, you know, obviously Barry Trotz has been quite the story for the Islanders this year in their turnaround. Yeah. And it'll be, it's last year in Winnipeg, they, you know, the, the whole city was celebrating as they got to the conference final. You know, I'm sure it would be a, you know, hitting the ditch if they went on the first round this year. And they could, because St. Louis was the best team in the league from January on. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud.